0: This episode is brought to you by Buyers Agency Australia.
1: Property is tangible, you know, it's humanistic, people want to see what they got, what they're paying for, what they're paying for.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm and in this episode, we continue our conversation with CEO of NPI Group, Paul Mascant. Mascant takes us through what is needed when it comes to successfully subdividing and selling developments as well as how he can achieve an average of 15-20% profit margins by getting the property on the market and developing it. Throughout his career as a builder, Mascan got more and more into property development leading him to where he is today with NPI Group. He explains the significance of motive when selling property.
1: But then sometimes you have to sell, sometimes you have to. Yeah, and if you, I think if you're selling to deploy your cash somewhere else, like I said, if you're selling to have the money in a, in a bank account and it's a shiny number on a page, then it's not the right thing to do. But if you're selling to maybe do another development or, or do a bigger development or maybe buy a buy and hold strategy property or or a commercial property or whatever. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all, as long as you're deploying it, even you want to buy shares or something like that, like deploy it somewhere um, to be able to get, to be able to keep working for you. But if it's sitting in the bank, it's just not, not, not worth it. Now for, for clients, we do exactly what I've done over the last uh, six years. We buy um, development sites and then, um, like i said get them through council and then get them through to the builders and get them built and then hand them back to the clients turnkey and they can do what they want after i'll, I'll give them a i'll give them a recommendation but then don't have to take it they can if they want to sell they sell they might like i said they might deploy it somewhere else they might want to go on a holiday and that might be there they might just want to do one development and go on a really nice, take their family on a really nice trip to europe or america or something like that and that's what they want to do then great and then they might come back and go again in the next couple of years but I kind of get a lot of repeat clients because they see what's, what's happened and they and they have liked the process of doing it because um, it's been quite seamless because we take care of everything. Um, and then uh, they kind of reinvest again. Um, they go back to the bank and see what they can get and and they go again generally. Um, but uh, yeah, it depends what stage people are at basically. It depends what stage of their life they're at.
0: Muskin describes to us how he finds development opportunities and what his favourite type of investments are in his line of work.
1: It's just relationships with agents um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the time. Which um, it's probably been harder in the last couple of years because the market's been so hot. Um, but uh, which is sort of coming back to coming back a little bit. I'm noticing agents are kind kind of calling me a little bit more now. Um, it's just relationships with them, um, being able to be being able to be ready to go is important as well um so have your pre-approvals in place and just be ready to go um when we when we find a site we can do a quick due diligence on it um by speaking to um surveyors councils all that kind of stuff that we need to speak to um, make sure we're in the right zoning for for developments um yeah i think the 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 main the main point is to be ready to go when 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 the uh, agent rings we've got we've got buyers there and and the thing about that is, agents are happy to get a clean deal as well done, and they know when they ring us that if if the price is right, we're not going to we're not paying overs, we're paying we're paying market value, um, and we'll get the job done for them. And, you know, by that afternoon, the property sold, and we can move on. I really like the retain and builds, just the small ones. So you're not you know it's not too capital in like you know it's not you're not putting you know millions of dollars into it. Um, But I really like the retain and builds where you're building the house behind uh, the front house, keeping and keeping the front house. Um, I seem to think I don't think bigger is always better. Um, And as you get bigger, you get a lot more council issues. Um, You got to deal with this. You got to deal with that. You get council taxes. um, You know, car parks, open space, living, all this kind of stuff that needs to come into it. So I think. I really like the retain and build. So when they come up, I try and get them as much as possible. Um, you know, I think people like think, oh, you know, doing a four, five, six, seven, eight unit subdivision is, is where, where it's at. But sometimes it's just not because um, the headaches, the headaches there are a lot more, um, they're a lot more prevalent um, than doing a simple subdivision. Um, you can go through council just a little bit quicker. Um, and I think you can get your money back a bit, a bit easier. Um, so potentially, if someone if someone comes to me and they've got x amount of money, like, and they've got a lot of money, I might put them in three, three of those instead of doing a six unit site. I would say let's do three retaining builds because I think you can go through it quicker, get it done all at the same time, and you'll and you'll make the same return.
0: So, what goes into development once you're in there?
1: So we sort of ten, we'll, we'll tender it out um, to three different three different builders. We've we've obviously done a lot, so we've we've got. Um, we've got some good relationships with builders. Um, they're willing to work with us, um, you know, extras. So I generally send it to one volume builder and just a sort of everyday builder as well. Um, I'll send it to them as two. And then generally the client has someone in mind as well. Uh, very rarely, they don't, they, they kind of have a friend of a friend or, or they know someone or whatever. Um, so they'll send it, we'll send it to them as well. Um, if they'd like to do that process, um, and then we sort of work out who are the best, you know. Sometimes the, the cheapest isn't the best either, um, you know. And we work out, and we'll go through the contract for for the client, looking at uh, inclusions, exclusions, all that kind of stuff, um, and making sure they're getting exactly what they pay for. Because um, I think that can be that can be a bit of a problem as well in the building industry. People sort of try and pull the wool over other people's eyes, and um, at least we've got a we've got a set of eyes from a trade background that can look at that and make sure that the the client is getting exactly what they are, uh, what they pay for. A lot of people don't understand that, and that's fair enough because not everyone's in the building industry, and it's not, and not, sometimes not even builders know what they, you know, what they're quoting. You know what I mean? So, it's better for us to have an eye that we can look over it and say, "Yeah, this is exactly what you're getting." Well, you know, some people will leave out the driveway, for instance, and not, not even know about it. Leave out the driveway and then they go, the job's finished. You know, where's the driveway? And like, oh, we we never quoted that. Look at page 30, look at page 32 of the contract and it'll say exclusion driveway. And the people are like, what do you mean? Like, so make sure that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Um, Because, yeah, some builders will do that. Um, We'll leave out driveways and stuff like that just because it's like, well, it's too hard, basket. We'll leave it till the end and and whatnot. So, yeah, so we make sure that that all is in place. Um, We look over it, look over the three quotes and we sort of, Pick the best builder slash price slash product um, with our client. We don't we don't sit there and go. We we'll give them our recommendation, um, but they might they might for one for a, one reason or another want to go with another builder, and that's fine. Um, it's their job, really. They're, they're paying the money for it, so um, it's their job. So they can choose whatever they want to do.
0: In the property industry, your return of investment is always a key interest when investing successfully.
1: I like to work in fifteen to twenty percent margins. Generally, that's kind of where or the where we're looking. Um, I like to. I also, with my with the buyer's agency part of it, I like to make sure that I'm buying in areas that are going to have capital growth as well over that couple of years when the development's being done. Um, I think that's important as well to get some uplift as well through. By holding the property, um, it's not just the development that's going to give you that cash or cash flow. It's going to be the it's going to be the market as well. Um, so that's what we do. So market research is is important from our end um, at this at the start. Um, yeah, so I like to look fifteen to twenty percent. Sometimes you can get more, um, and sometimes you fall a bit short um, because development can be. Uh, can be tricky and it can be expensive at times. And there's also little things that can happen. Um I've had a, I've had a job before where we had to go to VCAT for a tree, for instance. The tree was on the boundary. Very frustrating, tree on the boundary. Um, council knocked back the application. So we said, why? And they said, oh, the tree. And we said, okay, we'll take you to VCAT. We ended up winning, but cost an extra five grand. And these things happen and there's not really, there's not really a way that you can say that's not gonna happen or that is gonna happen or, you know, it's sort of like, well, You've just got to sometimes have a go and find out along the way.
0: As we've mentioned for many episodes now, COVID had a profound impact on the property market. For Maskin, it was a struggle, challenging,
1: challenging to say the least. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, what do you? Yeah, what do you do? It's been. It's been. Um, it's been hard. But the best thing is that clients understand. It's not like they know that I'm saying to them, "Hey, look, we can't get material, but everyone else has got material." Like it's you know you turn, you turn on the you turn on the turn on the news or turn on open in one paper and you can see that what's what's going on. So people understand it is frustrating and that's part of the unknown. Like like we said earlier, part of the unknown. You know, um, you know. So we have some we have some places that are going through um, getting developed now, which were bought pre COVID. So how do you know that COVID's coming? You you never know that. You never know when a once in a hundred year thing's going to come up and, and bite you on the bum. So we just kind of. Um, you just kind of—it's part of the unknown—and we just got to deal with it. When we try our best to try and get the builders to to get there and get the job done, and um, we have some fixed price contracts. Um, we don't. We are some other some other contracts are on hold at the moment, waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, it's just a bit of a wait and see. Um, but yeah, it's been—it definitely has been challenging because this is a question I get all the time, five 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 times a day. Five times a day, that question comes to me. Ah. Uh, what what's the go with with um you know with the materials and stuff and I said well I don't know but what I will say is that if you're if you're buying a property now you're not developing for a year year and a half anyway so hopefully by then the supply chains have, have opened up and things start to get back to a bit more a bit more normal um, and we can move on from this but but yeah it's uh, yeah it's a question I get asked a lot and to be honest I haven't really got an answer it's just kind of one of those things we've got to just deal with as best as we can.
0: Coming up after the break, we'll continue chatting with Paul Maskin as he shares his natural affinity for property developments.
1: I love property. I really do. And I always... I feel like I've almost done two apprenticeships, if that makes sense.
0: The transition into where he is today.
1: And I thought well, maybe, there's, maybe there's a business here. If people want to do this kind of stuff, where can we go with it? The
0: most important piece of advice he can give.
1: I wanted to do it all and and it was kind of, I read somewhere, it was like a bit of a saying or a quote like, you know how do you expect to be better than someone that's training 40 hours a week when you're not?
0: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405105074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. Maskin explains the process of his career path explaining why he went into the business of buyer's agency and development.
1: Look, I love property. Um, I really do. Um, and I always uh, I feel like I've almost done two apprenticeships if that makes sense. Um, I feel like I've done an apprenticeship as a, as a, as a carpenter builder and I've done, a, I've done an apprenticeship in property. Um, self, self-taught obviously um, but sometimes I think that's the best way. Um, and jumping in from doing developments to do helping other people to developments, it was just a bit of a morphing, I suppose. Like I would get, I would get people out. Like I'd get friends ask me, "Oh, what, what do you think of this? Or what do you do here? And what, what would you develop this?" And I'd say, "Yeah, that's a good one." Or "Nah, no, nah, that's no good because of this, this, and this." And more and more people would ask, and you know, then I'd be getting random phone calls saying, "Hey, mate, um, I'm a friend of." I'm a friend of your mate Uh, um, i'm looking to buy some property what do you think um just kind of just kind of like that and just kind of bit of a snowballing effect i suppose it just kept going and going and you know and then i thought maybe there's maybe there's a business here if people want to if people want to do this kind of stuff um where do we um where can we go with it and yeah so i so i started it and um here we are, basically. Yeah, you get um, repeat clients as well, and then you get people that are kind of older clients, or their, their children have sort of spoken to me about things, and they're like, "Oh, I wouldn't mind. I need to do something for my retirement. I wouldn't mind getting on, you know, doing something with this, and I need to make some extra money." And so they're they're kind of more you you buy, develop, and sell They try and they want to keep the cash a bit more. That um, younger people potentially can can rent them out. Um, but yeah, just kind, of, just kind of morphed um, from helping friends to helping a fa- few family members, cousins, and stuff like that, and then moving on to um, yeah, friends of friends, and then just random
0: people. Success in any endeavor, whether it be property, sporting, or anything else, usually comes down to motivation.
1: I suppose when you're when you're working and you, it's all for your family, isn't it? Really, like you want to have, you want to have a give them a give your kids the best life they can possibly have. Um, You want to be able to take them out and do things and go on really nice holidays and and make sure that you've got a nice life ahead in in the future um a little bit of a little bit of pain now for a bit of gain later is um is kind of what i sort of not what i live by but just sort of yeah it's sort of i think yeah i think the main the main why is just your family just keeping just making sure that they, they can live the best life that they can
0: Maskin reflects on the best advice he's received in his lifetime. The best advice,
1: probably not really into property, but when I was when I was a kid, um, I don't know if I read it somewhere. I heard it. I was just like, "How?" I was very very sporty. I wanted, you know, I wanted to do it all, and and it was kind of. I read somewhere it was like a bit of a saying or a quote, like, "You know, how do you expect to be better than someone that's training forty hours a week when you're not?" Like, as in. You know, if they're if they're a professional, they're training forty hours a week. How how can you be better than them if you're only training five hours a week or ten hours a week? So that's how you got to. And I kind of live by that a little bit as well. If you're if you're doing something as a professional all the time, you're going to be better at it than than everybody else. Um, so that, that's probably one
0: one little one there. Let's take a step back. If you say you met yourself say ten years ago, what do you think you would have said to him?
1: I know everyone says, oh, I would have bought more property and whatever, and. Um, I think I would have started my business a bit sooner. Um, I think I was lacking a bit of confidence um, in doing what I was doing. I was like, I kind of wasn't sure. Um, I think I would have started my business a bit sooner, um, as in as in MPI Group. Um, but in terms of what I've done last ten, I don't know. I think I mean everything just happens for a reason. And when you ten years ago I was. I was was 25 and just got home from overseas and was like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I know everyone says I would have bought, you know, 20 more properties and I'd be very rich right now. But yeah, I I think, I think, yeah, I probably would have, the only thing I would have done is probably started my business and have a bit more confidence in myself and what I was doing.
0: How much do you think out of your, I guess, the success that you've achieved at right now has been due to intelligence, hard work, and skill? And how much of it do you think has been due to luck?
1: I think bit of everything um uh hard work's probably up there with, with probably the most though um you know i remember you know working all day and then going back to the houses and doing more work there for another six seven hours just you know painting or or you know waterproofing or tiling or whatever you know what i mean um just to get the stuff done um and then you go back and work another day the next day and you know you can do that when you're younger and haven't got kids and it's fine um but now I don't think my wife would be too happy if I was doing that. <laughs> so a lot of hard work. Um, intelligence, no, nah, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe, maybe definitely not early on because I didn't buy, the, like I said, I didn't buy the right properties early on, but um, intelligent enough to be able to keep them, like I said to you, and property can be very forgiving over time and um, the mistakes can get eroded pretty quickly. Um so intelligence to maybe hold them and then learn a bit more after it. But early on, I wasn't very intelligent with property. No, not at all. Um, and a bit of luck. A bit of luck. A bit of luck as well. The market the market sort of moved, moved, moved nicely for me. Um, but it's moved nicely everywhere in the last 12, 24 months. So um, we'll see what happens over the next, t- uh, next 12, 24 months and we'll see, uh, see the luck rides there. But, um, yeah, a little, a little bit of everything. I think you need a little bit of everything, but you also get – you also get a bit of luck um, by throwing enough capital out there as well. Um, you're not going to have any luck if the capital's sitting and doing nothing. That's that's the main thing. That's the main thing, I think. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to, you got no chance, you got no chance of uh, being part of the luck if you don't have a go at it, you know.
0: Thank you to Paul Maskin, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call.